Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Scott Cullen. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, uh, we are going to look at the National League MVP race, uh, how it transpired throughout the season, who are the favorites uh, now that we've reached the end. And we'll take a quick look at uh, the the playoff series uh, that are beginning on Thursday. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so let's count down the the top 10 uh, candidates for National League MVP. Plus, I always have a few honorable mentions. I hate to leave anyone out here, right? Uh, So, a few honorable mentions. Start with Philadelphia catcher, DT Real Muto. Uh, 17 home runs, 73 RBI, 64 runs scored, 13 stolen bases, hit 263, 782 OPS. That's all fine and well. It's really defensive numbers that kind of juice Real Muto's value. He's had better offensive seasons, um, but... He, he's a very valuable all-around catcher, and uh, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to make an argument just based on defense that uh, he, he warrants being up in the top 10, and certainly his offense uh, was not uh, outstanding this year in the way that it has been in previous seasons. So, uh, Real Muto, fine honorable mention uh, in, in really just to give credit for his defensive play. Uh, San Diego infielder Jake Cronenworth, uh, 21 home runs, 71 RBIs, 94 runs scored. Four stolen bases, hit 266, had an 800 OPS, but he also had strong defensive numbers and played multiple positions. First, second, short. Uh, there, there is some value to that for sure. Uh, but again, I don't think you can look at Cronenworth's numbers and, and say that he should be pushing higher on the uh, uh, on the scale. Also in San Diego, third baseman Manny Machado uh, had 28 home runs, 106 RBIs, 92 runs scored, 12 stolen bases, hit 278, 836 OPS. None of this is really out of the realm of, of ordinary for Manny Machado. Uh, in fact, uh, we've seen more uh, home run power out of him uh, in other seasons, but this is we've also seen him uh, come closer to an MVP uh, than we have this season. But uh, a strong season for Machado, just uh, he's had even better in his career. Uh, Cincinnati right fielder Nick Castellanos, uh, man who launched a thousand memes, uh, 34 home runs, 100 RBIs, 95 runs scored, hit 309, 938 OPS, basically everything you expected out of Nick Castellanos, uh, a reliable power hitting outfielder, uh, and he delivered. And, and I mean, his batting average for a while was up in lofty heights, uh, in the 360, 370 range. Uh, but you knew it wasn't going to, to last. And still 309 is a pretty, pretty solid batting average given that, uh, batting averages around baseball were collapsing. So, uh, great season for Nick Castellanos. If you really want to argue for him into the top 10, I probably don't have, uh, a huge say against it. Uh, Atlanta second baseman, Ozzy Albies is the last of our honorable mentions. Uh, and really Albies hit 259. So a bit of a, uh, a bit of a stretch here, but he also had 30 home runs, 106 RBIs, 103 runs scored, 20 stolen bases. Well, boy, it's, uh, I, I know the 259 batting average is not uh, outstanding, but everything else is. Uh, and so getting that production at second base, that, uh, uh, has some value, uh, but it just keeps Albies outside the top 10. So at number 10, Got the Dodgers first baseman Max Muncie. Now he's injured for the playoffs. That uh, that doesn't help matters for the Dodgers, and he gives you what you expect out of Max Muncie: thirty-six home runs, ninety-four RBIs, ninety-five runs scored. Only hit two forty-nine, but in an eight ninety-five OPS. I mean, this is this has been Max Muncie's career. He's a guy who will hit you uh, thirty-five home runs, 
uh, and is going to have a mediocre batting average, but because he gets on base a ton, his OPS is going to be uh, up in the top tier. And that's what you get from Max Muncy. Uh, at number nine, uh, Atlanta first baseman Freddie Freeman. 31 home runs, only 83 RBIs, 120 runs scored though, eight stolen bases, hit 300, 896 OPS. Now the funny thing was is that uh, Freeman started this year, his batting average was hanging in the low twos for for a while, uh, and uh, you you could uh, certainly for fantasy purposes you could sense that he was a very good buy low candidate just on that premise alone because he was still producing every, everywhere else. He had some power and uh, and was scoring runs and and uh, you could just see that. When, when the worm turned and the batting average came around, uh, that uh, Freeman would end up among the, the most productive players in, in the league. And sure enough, that's, that's what eventually happened. Um, at number eight, we've got uh, St. Louis Cardinals first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. You know, a bit of a, a throwback to vintage Goldschmidt here. Uh, one of his best seasons in a while. 31 home runs, 99 RBIs, 102 runs scored, a dozen stolen bases, hit 294 with an 879 OPS. Uh, you know, this still isn't quite as uh, top end as his best seasons with Arizona, uh, but it's better than he's been for a few years now. Uh, and so Paul Goldschmidt uh, really you know, delivers a strong season for St. Louis. And as you might expect, as St. Louis was uh, winning every game down the stretch, uh, a lot of players put up some good numbers there. Uh, number seven, we've got Pittsburgh left fielder Brian Reynolds. Now imagine being in the MVP conversation for a team that uh, is miles out of contention. Well, that's what you get with uh, Brian Reynolds. Uh, and, and, and Reynolds struggled last season in the shortened season. But, uh, you know, and given that he played uh, so well in 2019 and kind of had this big fall off in 2020, there was some uncertainty about what, what you were going to get out of Brian Reynolds in 2021. Well, turns out you got a lot more of the, the 2019 version of Reynolds. He's 24 home runs, 90 RBIs, 93 runs scored. Uh, hit 302, had a 912 OPS, really consistent, reliable player that it was completely overlooked because uh, there wasn't much reason to pay attention to Pirates games uh, for most of the season. And at number uh, six, we've got St. Louis left fielder Tyler O'Neill, uh, who had 34 home runs, 80 RBIs, 89 runs scored, 15 stolen bases, hit 286, 912 OPS. I mean, O'Neill won a gold glove last year, uh, but he also hit like 170. Uh, and so there, there was some kind of something incongruous about that because all of O'Neill's major league experience before that as kind of a part-time player for the Cardinals, he was hitting productively. So there was, there wasn't a lot of reason to believe that uh, Tyler O'Neill was legitimately going to be a 170 hitter or or even a subpar uh, hitter. Uh, And, Turned out that uh, this season he, he he never really was languishing in uh, in the way he did last season, uh, but kind of partway through this year he really kicked it up a notch and, and became a a major offensive threat for the Cardinals, and, and that included right down the stretch uh, as St. Louis was winning day in and day out. Uh, Tyler O'Neill was putting up uh, huge numbers for them, uh, and so. You know, they, no, no surprise, I guess, that the Cardinals, given how well they played down the stretch, that guys like Goldschmidt and O'Neill were part of that. Um, but, uh, you know, this is kind of a breakthrough performance for Tyler O'Neill uh, in terms of, you know, what his value could be uh, to a major league team now. Uh, so uh, when we continue, uh, we will be looking at uh, the top five uh, finalists here for the National League MVP, as well as looking at uh, tracking who was favored at the start of the season and, and kind of where those, uh, where those odds went uh, as the season progressed. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. 
Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Major League Baseball group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're back, and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, hockey, baseball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, to the top five uh, in National League MVP uh, voting or expectations, odds, ho- however you want to decide it. I guess the, the votes have uh, been entered, uh, but we don't know uh, the results just yet. Uh, at number five, I've got San Francisco shortstop Brandon Crawford. Uh, and this is a massive surprise uh, to me that Crawford had had such a strong season. You know, there were a few years uh, at his peak uh, where Crawford was a, a pretty useful player, uh, and uh, and his you know his bat was was productive at at his peak. But kind of in the last four years or so, uh, pretty mediocre hitter, uh, still still good with the glove. Uh, but all of a sudden this year, uh, as his the way for the San Francisco Giants, you had a bunch of guys who were uh, in the, in their 30s. Uh, Kind of turning back the clock and, and delivering really productive seasons, and it was you know Buster Posey and Brandon Belt and uh, and Brandon Crawford and Evan Longoria when he was healthy. That uh, that was kind of the way it went for the Giants this year. And Crawford had 24 home runs, 90 RBIs, 79 runs scored, stole 11 bases, hit 298, career high 895 OPS. I mean, just a fantastic season. Uh, and uh, for a team that uh, maybe surprised quite a bit uh, to win the National League West, so. Uh, Brandon Crawford uh, comes in at number five on my list. At number four, I've got Washington's uh, Juan Soto, uh, who started slowly, especially in terms of power, uh, but by the second half of the season really kind of showed that, uh, yeah, he's, he's still one of the premier hitters uh, in the game. Soto finishing uh, the season with 29 home runs, 95 RBIs, 111 runs scored, stole nine bases, hit 313 with a 999 OPS. And can you imagine that those are the final numbers for a guy who was, eh, he was okay for the first couple of months. Uh, so yeah, Juan Soto is, uh, he, he has the potential to just, uh, you know, obliterate hitting records. Like he, he's doing this, uh, you know, consistently at this age, uh, that uh, you know, by by the time he gets into his 30s and you start accumulating uh, the numbers, Juan Soto is going to be uh, you know staring at a spot in the Hall of Fame most likely. Uh, at number three, we've got uh, Soto's former teammate and now Los Angeles Los Angeles Dodgers second baseman Trey Turner. Uh, Turner obviously traded uh, partway through the season from Washington to uh, the Dodgers. Finished the year with 28 home runs, 77 RBIs, 107 runs scored, 32 stolen bases. So he was two home runs away from a 30-30. Uh, hit 328 with a nine. 11 OPS. I mean, you can you can make a pretty strong argument that that that, that deserves uh, the um, you know consideration for for National League MVP. Those are huge numbers, uh, and Turner, uh, and really th- this is not atypical uh, for Trey Turner. When he's been healthy, uh, he's been one of the most productive uh, players in the game, and and for this year he was mostly healthy. Uh, at number two, we got Philadelphia right fielder Bryce Harper. Uh, now. 
this will probably cause some debate. Uh, but Harper had Harper had an awesome season. There's no arguing that. Uh, had 35 home runs, 84 RBIs, 101 runs scored, stole 13 bases, hit 309, 1044 OPS. Uh, really, it was it was a fantastic season for Harper, and he really pushed the the Phillies towards a, a playoff contention. Now, ultimately, they they didn't get there, uh, but you know, you, you as a baseball player, you find that uh, you can't uh, carry. Uh, a team uh, for one player is just a, uh, it's kind of the impossible dream. I mean, look at Mike, Mike Trout had, um, you know, has long proven that, but uh, there are millions of examples before uh, of players who were really productive and, and you, you just can't uh, carry a team on your own. Uh, it's not the nature of the sport. Uh, and so Bryce Harper, uh, full value for this season. If he ends up winning the MVP, I, I have no argument with it. Uh, but my number one choice is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, for San Diego, and I know the Padres <laughs> crashed and burned uh, down the stretch, but again, one player isn't the one to uh, uh, determine a team's fate, and if you look at Tatis's numbers, uh, 42 home runs, 97 RBIs, 99 runs scored, 25 stolen bases, hit 282, 975 OPS, and he played in 130 games because he had a couple of shoulder injuries uh, that took him out, uh, and and so, yes, you can make the argument, you know, may, maybe you decide that Tatis missed too many games and, and then that Harper uh, deserves uh, the MVP. I, again, I'm not going to argue that too much, but I think if you look at the player who had the greatest impact on uh, on the games that he played, uh, it was Fernando Tatis Jr. And uh, really, the, the fact that San Diego kind of went in the tank, uh, I don't think you can put that all on Tatis Jr. So um, there there's my uh, breakdown of the National League MVP race. Um when we continue, we will look at, uh, we'll track kind of the favorites from the start of the season uh, and see where they ended up. Uh, and then we'll look at uh, the playoff series that are starting on Thursday. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have so many delicious flavors. And that includes coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, that one's my favorite, uh, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. That is a great variety of flavors. There's something for everyone there. And you take these great flavors, you cover them in 100% chocolate, so they taste great. Tastes like you're having a snack, and you don't have to force yourself into uh, eating it. And they're healthy, too. Uh, Built Bars are loaded with protein. They're low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So when we were coming into uh, this Major League Baseball season, it was kind of up for grabs who was going to be the National League MVP. When we talked about the American League MVP, Mike Trout was a fairly heavy favorite. He was plus 233 or something in that range uh, coming into the season. Uh, and so it was not that way in the National League because there were so many, so many great players you couldn't necessarily uh, choose between them uh, very easily. And so the favorite was Juan Soto, plus 725. And as, as I mentioned uh, in the breakdown there, Juan Soto got off to a, a relatively slow start. I mean, there were, you know, Hundreds of Major League Baseball players who would die to have the start that Juan Soto had this year. But for Soto, uh, one of the elite players in the game, it was a little bit of a slow start this year. Uh, and and so a, as Soto had relative struggles and the Nationals as a team struggled, uh, it, it started to look less likely that he was going to uh, to win. Uh, the other top contenders, though, Mookie Betts was uh, plus 750. Soto was plus 725. Betts plus 750. Well, Betts really has, has not had a typical Mookie Betts season uh, for the Dodgers. And so you can kind of take him out of the, the conversation. Uh, then we have a couple at plus 775. And that's Fernando Tatis Jr., who uh, 
you know, for, for my money, he, he would be the National League MVP. He may he may not actually win. Uh, but there's also Ronald Acuna Jr., who is plus 775. And he was having a, a fairly massive season before uh, getting injured and, 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 you know, missing it, uh, missing uh, a good portion of the season, which, you know, took him out of any uh, MVP running. Uh, but so you take a look at Soto, Betts, Tatis Jr., and Acuna Jr., you're like, well, okay, those are four superstar players, and it's pretty fair to think that the one of those four uh has a good shot uh, to win the award. Um, now, uh, who else? Well, number five would have been Cody Bellinger, uh, the Dodgers, uh, who was plus 967, and Bellinger uh, had just an awful, awful season. Now, he was hurt for a while, but even when he's been healthy, has not been able to hit at all. Um, you know, he, he was productive in the in the uh, Dodgers wildcard win over, uh, uh, over St. Louis, but still. Uh, it has been a, a mess of a season for uh, Cody Bellinger. Uh, Bryce Harper was plus fifteen hundred. You know that's uh, there's some value obviously to be had there if Harper ends up being the uh, the winner. If you were in on Bryce Harper at fifteen to one, uh, but then other guys who were, who were in contention here were were fairly long odds. Freddie Freeman was plus thirteen fifty. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt plus forty one fifty. Uh, that's uh you know there's a big payout there. Trey Turner plus fifty two fifty. That I, I guess. Uh, if you had known that Trey Turner would be playing for the Dodgers, uh, that those odds might have gotten a little bit better. But uh, you know, given given his potential to put up um, you know MVP type numbers, uh, Trey Turner there seems like he would have been good value. Uh, Nick Castellanos uh, was plus ten thousand. Seems you know that seems like huge odds on Nick Castellanos, and I mean uh, he's not going to win, but uh, you know he he was. Uh, not that far outside my top ten that uh, you know you you would have sprinkled something there on on plus ten thousand. But anyway, when you kind of track uh, that list, it, I I think yes, Soto, Betts, Tatis Jr. and Acuna Jr. were reasonable uh, favorites. Uh, you know, you mix in Bryce Harper and say Trey Turner, and and you kind of have you would have it uh, covered off uh, there. But uh, uh, the real value ultimately looks like it's it's probably going to be at, with Harper. Uh, but boy, Turner at uh, Plus 5250 would have been something. Uh, okay, so now let's take a look at uh, the playoff series uh, that are starting on Thursday. And uh, we have the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros. Uh, Astros are favored. Astros are minus 136 for the series. So they're not very heavily favored. White Sox are plus 116 as the underdog. If I have to choose, I think I might be leaning towards the White Sox. And I think, um, you know, they, they've had a bunch of injuries this season and they played a bunch of time without Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. And um, But they've been pretty resilient. Their pitching has been great. Uh, and so I think I'm, if you know, if forced to choose, I, I think I would side with the White Sox in this series. Uh, I don't think uh, there is, you know, some huge value uh, to be found, though. I think, you know, they're two very good teams. Uh, I just, uh, if, if I'm... Forced to pick, I'm going to take the underdog and get a little bit better payout. Uh, in the other series that starts on uh, Thursday, we got the Boston Red Sox uh, at the Tampa Bay Rays. Now the Red Sox beat the uh, beat the New York Yankees in their wild card game uh, to, for the for the uh, prize of getting to play the Rays, a, a team that kind of ran away with the American League East. Now the Rays are minus 169, um, pretty heavily favored. Red Sox are plus 149, uh, but really given how the Rays have played over the past couple of seasons. I, I kind of have to side with them. Uh, again, I don't think this is really great value, taking a team that's favored minus 169, uh, but uh, I, I can't bring myself to take the Red Sox. I don't, I don't trust their pitching enough uh, to get there. And, and certainly the Rays, the Rays are, you know, they're operating uh, in a different manner, I guess, than, than a lot of other major league teams. Uh, and maybe if the Red Sox, if Chris Sale comes out and just deals for them and, uh, and 
and kind of controls games. Maybe maybe that will give the Red Sox a shot. But it, you know the Rays don't. It doesn't seem to matter whether they have ace starters or not. I mean, rookie Shane McClanahan has been effective for them, uh, but it's not like he's a guy who, who's going to throw a complete game two hitter or something to to win. And having said that, that's probably exactly what'll happen. Uh, but that's the the Rays have kind of made a. a a science out of how they're going to run their games. And if their starting pitcher goes four innings, fine. If he goes five, fine. Uh, and then they turn it over to a bullpen. Uh, and, you know, you, you can trust the Rays bullpen more than you can trust the Boston bullpen, or at least that's the way it's been uh, recently. So uh, there we go. Uh, if, if forced to choose, I am taking the White Sox and the Rays uh, to get through those series. Now let's pop over uh, to grab a few DFS value plays, or at least uh, guys to consider uh, for Thursday's games. Uh, if you look on on DraftKings, uh, there are a couple guys uh, worthy of your attention. Uh, Alex Bregman, $3,800 uh, for the Astros uh, in his career against Lance Lynn, who's going for uh, for the White Sox. Bregman, 6 for 15, has uh, double, triple, two home runs uh, in there. So he's worth a look. Brandon Lau, uh, Tampa Bay second baseman, is $4,400 going against uh, Boston's Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Lau, who obviously had a huge season for the Rays, hit 39 home runs. Uh, he's four for 13 in his career against Eduardo Rodriguez with three home runs. Uh, and then uh, Rays catcher Mike Zanino, uh, who is not known for uh, batting average, but he's four for 11 in his career against uh, Rodriguez. Uh, that, so that's a 364 batting average, obviously a small sample and all, uh, but also has a double, triple, and a home run uh, among his hits there. So, um, you know, Bregman, Lau, Zanino, there are a few guys. Uh, worth looking at uh, for DFS. Uh, And that will do it uh, for today. Uh, Enjoy the games, uh, and we will be back tomorrow. Uh, We will uh, look at the the baseball playoff series that begin on Friday, Uh, and uh, I think we'll look at the American League uh, Rookie of the Year race uh, and break that down as well. So thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Baseball your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available on all platforms.